What if I told you that you can support your blood pressure and healthy CoQ10 levels with two chews a day? The new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. That's like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 supports your cardiovascular health. Visit RadioBeats.com and find out how you can get a free 30-day supply on bundles and save 15% with the promo code DEAL. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. A choice right now, right now, between fear and love. It's just a run. Out of the dark night of ignorance and into the shining light of truth. Expounding reality. A population of citizens capable of critical thinking. We don't see things as they are, we see them as we are. There's a, a level of reality where everything dissolves into an ocean of energy. We empower our experience by insisting on our authenticity. That's very profound. Very Expanding reality. Welcome to Expanding Reality Podcast. I am your host, Brandon Thomas. On this episode, guys, we have Pat Mahan from the Like Attracts Like podcast. He is absolutely fantastic. He is an incredible inspiration. This guy gets me out of my dumps whenever uh, those moments find me. And he's just a huge inspiration. He's full of a ton of wonderful and warm wisdom. That's a tongue twister, but got it out there. No big deal. Uh, And so enjoy this episode, guys. Of course, all the ways to find him will be linked down in the show notes. It is absolutely incredible. You guys will absolutely love this man and this episode. So without any further ado, Pat Mahan. All right, so welcoming to the show, it is Pat Mahan. He is from the Like Attracts Like podcast. I have been following you for a while here, man. Been looking forward to this one. I look forward to them all, but I've been looking forward to this one more than most. You've actually changed my life in some big personal ways that I'll bring up here in a little bit. But for those of them who don't know you, just go ahead and uh, show them some love, man. Tell them who you are. Yeah, well, I'm grateful to be here. I'm super pumped to be on this. I've been looking forward to this show myself as a fellow podcaster. Uh, it's nice to really kind of... Uh, co-mingle with someone who is, is of the same mindset and, and of the, the same manner of thinking and trying to spread the same love and, and joy to everybody while also kind of expanding, you know, not just reality, but consciousness in general uh, leads to different choices. And, and that's something that I was just really excited about uh, when I started this show. And uh, I, I noticed that people, when they, when they begin to like wake up in their lives, they start to look at different choices that they made. And that was a big theme in my life. And it led to so many different experiences along the way of really questioning things that I was doing, changing the way that I was doing them, and then leading myself to experience a life where the choices that I made reflected the reality that I wanted to create. And when I started to kind of look at, um, how that, when you become that, how you can inspire other people to do the same thing, uh, the Like Attracts Like podcast kind of 
was created. And from that point going forward, it's just kind of evolved and expanded and I meet great people like you and, and really try to share and spread this, this message that people can wake up from the reality that they were living, question choices that they made. And through this conscious expansion of reality itself, you can, you can more deliberately create a life that's in alignment with your heart instead of your, you know, the, the projections from other people from, from the beginning of your unconscious life. So I've been fascinated by it by a long time, but I also have a personal story connected to it as most people who are waking up do. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting how all this kind of like unfolds and how, again, the synchronicities of certain people coming into your life and, uh, allowing for conversations like this. Absolutely. And uh, that's the, and so I call it the soul tribe, you know, that's kind of like what I'm referring to all the guests that I've been meeting through synchronicities or through however, as well as that's my audience. You know, if you're my audience, you're part of a soul tribe. We got, we're working on t-shirts here, so that'll be fun. But uh, synchronicities is how I found you. And of course, you're like attracts like, I mean, it's perfect. It's because we are very similar in a lot of ways, man. And we're out here, uh, like you said, raising the consciousness of humanity uh, and we're not forcing it upon people. We're just living as an example of how Maybe you want to try it a little bit different, you know, if you've been doing other things and you feel like you've either plateaued or you got stuck or you're heading down the wrong path. Well, we're, we're here to offer an alternative to that. Now, uh, the personal story about how uh, you've affected me is after we found each other and we connected, like I said, it's instant soul tribe, right? Yeah. Uh, from there, I started listening to your show and they're very like on, on this show, we have long form conversation. Uh, it's a medium form rather. And uh, so, but you have these wonderful bite size uh, ways of digesting this information now it's profound as hell so i i liken your show to the four agreements by don miguel ruiz right so that book is only what 115 pages double spaced half i mean it's small you can digest it well you can read it in two hours is how i'll put it digesting it is another thing because just like your show the content is so immense and so wise that really you've got to you you take it in and then you have to digest it and then you're like damn and then you apply it and then you're like wow and so what you're able to accomplish in about 10 to 20 minutes with your show is fascinating to me you pulled me out of some rabbit holes and i think i texted you one morning when i was having a particular rough one and i was like pat man i uh, just wanted to thank you for your show dude i binged like five episodes you know and and it's funny because the next one that came up was exactly the one that i needed to hear so I wanted to thank you, man, because you 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 literally changed my day that day, which changed every interaction I had from that point forward. So you really actually impacted several lives, and that's what your show does, and you on your show. Well, I'm grateful for that. I really am. And and to to bring it back to, I think one of the most important things you just said is it doesn't things come into your life at the right time, and I believe that's always even when my mind is resistant to understanding or believing. And it only takes, I get so excited, I get goosebumps, man, because it really does only take that one thing and no one knows what it is. No one knows what it's going to be. But the one thing that I, I can pretty much guarantee is that if you allow it, it will come, it'll find you. And uh, once you have that thing come in and it, it creates that little shift, that little something, that little, and really what's happening in that moment is your consciousness has been expanded in some way, shape, or form. You know, if people, I'm sure if they're listening to shows like these, uh, they understand the vibrational aspect of what's happening here. And if you can compare this shift in um, perspective in a quick moment that something kind of causes you to look at something differently and, and change your vantage point on it, that allows for a raise in your vibrational connection to your internal and outer world as, as a mirror. And the second that that happens and you perceive something a different way, this place shifts 
to mirror that. So just like you were saying, when, you know, when this happened and I'm grateful that, that it was that episode, I'm so, I'm so grateful um, that that happened for you that way. But the next thing you said was the most important is that it shifted the rest of your day. And it's, it's interesting because I believe like in the unconscious, I always compare things on the show to like the unconscious part of the journey and then the, the, the awakened part. But to be fair, you're constantly, you know, kind of surging in and out of this to different degrees. And then also you're always, because we know how expansive this conscious experience can be. And we only have access to a certain degree of it in, in our regular lives, I believe, you know what I mean? But there are things that can affect it. The higher you go in consciousness, the more seemingly connected you are, not just to you and your heart center and, and, you know, this, this, your own source of this connection that, that is, you know, here for you, but you're also connected to everything else as a unit you feel more one with everything. You realize that everything is kind of the same. We're all the same. And when you feel the connection first and project it forward, everyone, we're, we're humans. And, you know, the human people forget that there's a being attached to that. You know what I mean? There's a human and then a being. Uh, you know, we don't call anything a deer being or a bear being or a, you know, fish being. We're human being. We have this self-awareness. And when we realize the connectivity of everything, your day changes. So I feel like the, the difference when someone calls, a con calls it a conscious awakening or a spiritual awakening uh, or this expansive you know, reality shift, what they're doing is looking back in previous frames at all of the times that they didn't trust, didn't have faith, because that's, what, that's what's happening when you're having a bad day, right? You're not allowing the moment. There's, there's only love or fear, man. That's, I firmly believe it as, as far as the emotions go, there's love or fear. So you're either allowing it or resisting it. Something in your story is causing this to happen. You believe something in the story of your mind more than you believe the connection to this source. And when you start to shift, I don't know if you ever read Outwitting the Devil, Napoleon Hill. I have not, huh? -uh. He wrote Think and Grow Rich, but he also wrote another book that like, was just published kind of recently. It's called Outwitting the Devil. And it's basically just talking about you know, the, that voice that exists, like Eckhart Tolle would call it a pain body. Mm -hmm. So that, that energy that is inside of you that uh, exists through, uh, through a story that we've been telling ourselves for a long time, um, we identify with that story and we believe it's us, which means that we believe we're limited by it. So when you're having a bad day, you say you woke up in a bad mood or a bad day, it happens. And that's part of the conscious expansive, you know, uh, wave, if you will, continuously being in that state, allowing it, but then allowing something to shift your mood. What happens in that moment is your, your awareness allows you to break away from that story a little bit. You know what I mean? Like to break out of it a little bit and just be like, no, I'm going to go do this now. And in the beginning, we believe it's, an, it's just part of life. We believe that life is kind of happening to us and we, you know, we're waiting for something to happen to put us in a good place. We're waiting for something to happen to put us in a good mood and to shift our perspective. And when you're waiting like that, it's, it, it almost shows like a lack of faith that you are the deliberate co-creator of this thing. And that's fine. In the beginning, again, you're unconscious, but you'll make choices trying to get this validation and this love and this acceptance and this, you know, worthy feeling from the mirror, from, from reality, because you're unconscious that you are it. So you're going through and it, it could be anything along the way that kind of wakes you up and has, you can have a good day from it and it can shift your whole expectation of what the day is going to show you. And when that happens, the day will show you that. So what I like to try to incorporate on the show is how powerful we are, are all are that we can, you know, again, there's always going to be moments where things cause you to dip vibrationally, but 
we had the ability in any moment to decide how we want to feel going forward once you kind of let in that you're the deliberate creator that can expand reality and consciousness and your day can shift every day. You can start your day as the determining factor for what your day is going to show you instead of waiting in fear for this, you know, the volatility of this day to maybe or maybe not go your way. So I'm a firm believer, again, that the synchronistic events, when you allow them in, when you're kind of in a receiving mode, as an Abraham Hicks would say, when you're ready to let that in, um, it, it, will sh it will show you things that have been waiting for you and that are meant for you. You're either resistant to them and they repel you uh, or you get the unwanted of what you've been asking for or you allow them the best you can and ask for evidence of them and then let your conscious expansive awareness be open to seeing what is coming. Absolutely. And one thing that I feel is important uh, for the folks out there listening is to know that we have tricky times too. It's not all, we don't understand things 100%. We're open to new possibilities, but we're human beings, just like you said. And what I like about the human being part of it, but the word being is a verb. So it's a constant kinetic type of an energetic uh, process that we are existing in a state of not just, it's a, not a, it's not a destination. It's a journey the whole time. And whenever, what I've found personally is whenever I find people like you, I know that it's, and like you said, everything happens right on time. And for a reason, nothing is coincidence. I don't even believe in the word. I think the word's there to remind you that it's not true. I, it, it, to me, is one of those things to where whenever I, like I said, whenever I found you and, and all we're doing in, in the levels I think that you and I are at is we're acquiring tools to be able to maintain or refine our vibration, our highest vibration that we choose constantly. And so lately, and especially like with you the other day, sometimes and before in my, my past self can uh, empathize with this, that I used to sit in that and I used to have bad days and they would be bad days. And I'd just be like, just leave me alone. And I'm having a bad day. And whenever you declare I'm having a bad day, that's now your entire day. You've already spoken it into existence. You've not given yourself the possibility for you to just have a bad or a challenging moment and then move on from that moment quickly. And that's the thing I was trying to tell you is with your, with finding you with all the, you're another tool in my toolbox, man, which is great. You're showing you and your, your personality I, and your outlook. And so what I found was, is that, yes, I have tricky moments, right? And they're there to remind you that the, that vibration isn't what you want. You want, you want this one. You don't want this lower one anymore. And so what I've found is, is that I, I'm not there for very long, you know, it's, and it's, it's not a, don't ignore those feelings, guys. It's one of those things to where have the feeling, express it, and then move past it. Don't stay there. Don't sit in it. Right. And right. so with, with that in mind, I, what, what do you think is the deal with synchronicities? How do they play into your life personally? I know you said that you had a personal story. Would you mind sharing that with us about why you started the show and how you uh, move forward? Yeah. I mean, I was, I mean, the, uh, there's so many components of it, but the most relevant of them were I, uh, I grew up in a family that was, I won't say that they were religious, but we, you know, we went to church, we did our thing. Um, you know, my, my father was a police officer. My mother um, was kind of like had a couple jobs, but she was sick since I was young. And I went to Catholic school. My, my mother was, uh, had cancer from the time that I was seven until she ultimately passed away when I was 14, I think. And what I saw a human being go through um, who I believe, of course, was like, she's my mom, you know, she's this good egg, this good human being, like loving everybody loved her, this caring, amazing person. So I see this in my house every day. And now I'm going to a Catholic school where they're preaching all of these things in this way that I'm like, this doesn't make any, like, have you guys, you guys want to come over? Like, do you guys want to see what's here? 
Like, how do you explain that? Like, this doesn't make any sense to me as a young kid. I'm like, it doesn't make sense. And from that point forward, I just, you know, I questioned absolutely everything. And I was at a place where I remember how it all kind of started was seeing what I was seeing. I shifted away from believing all of that I was being taught in school. You know, like I had always questioned life and reality and, you know, God and what they were talking about. But um, I, I very much was so angry that I blocked everything and everyone in my life. And the truth is like, it came out in anger and it came out in frustration and it came out in rage sometimes. But the reality of it was I was terrified. I was terrified of what was being shown to me. I was terrified that someone who lived a good life could have that happen to them. I was terrified that like these other people that seemed to know what they were talking about and like teaching and preaching, like they didn't have an answer for me either. And you know, the ones that they tried to give me, I was like, I don't, I don't understand what you're trying to say. So I was angry for a really long time, but I was so angry and not feeling okay or worthy or um, that I had a purpose or even knew who I am or what the hell's going on here. I was so, it was so, there was so much energy of fear behind that, that I attempted to make this character in the world that would, uh, through the illusion of the creating it in the physical world, if I could just get people to think a certain way about me, if I could just have enough of this, if I could just have enough money, if I could just be this, you know, successful at this or star of the football team or something, if I could just do these things, then other people will see what I'm worth. And then I won't have that. Everything will make sense. I won't have that fear feeling anymore. I won't have that, you know, worthless feeling anymore. And I can make sense of some bad things that happened by creating this amazing illusion in the world. And I did that for a very, very, very long time. And I had different bouts of like having amazing things happen and getting what I wanted and then having it crumble and then being at a low place. And then my ego or brain being like, well, if you did this, it'll work. If you go do this, it'll work. Go get that. Go get that. And then I'd be like, okay, okay. And just this unconscious, you know, uh, loop patterning of like trying to get a result in the world because I felt like garbage. And I felt disconnected and I felt terribly, terribly afraid. And I didn't choose love or self-love or reality love in any of those moments because I was so angry, but I wasn't willing to go to the place where that anger lived. You know, like, so you're saying just to bring it back that you sit in that emotion. We all have crazy days, crazy weeks, crazy months still. It doesn't matter. I believe how expansive you get, how much your connection is amazing. You know, your craziness can still come in, but I believe that it's always asking something more of you because you are asking more of yourself in the world. And the only way I feel also that you can grow and expand to the point where you know what you want to do and you are sure of who you are is to sometimes experience absolutely everything that you don't want to do and all of who you are not. And that's why I believe this hero's journey or the unconscious journey that a human goes through is sometimes containing so much what we define or label as suffering, so much of the unwanted or the not preferred, because we see examples of preferred and not preferred. We see people living the life we think we would want to live. And, you know, we try to imagine our life through their eyes and then that will satisfy us. So we try to go get it. But the reality is that every moment that you are making a choice of trying to believe something outside of you can complete you, you're, and I believe it's by design, you're running further and further away from your heart center and yourself and your connection. Now, when you do that, you're still receiving synchronicities. 
you're still all these things that are happening that are like what is that like getting hit with stuff like what is going on those are still synchronistic events like and that's a big thing i want to talk about because like people are like oh synchronicities i'm seeing 11 11 and numbers line up and i see this that i asked for and i see this that i asked for when you are making choices from fear in your life instead of like your inner faith and connection you're still seeing synchronicities they're just not the ones that you want to see so all of these things that are lining up you're always in alignment with something so when i was going through the first part of my journey i was seeing all these things not working out and not happening and you know not giving me that feeling that i was searching for and if i did it was very short-lived and what ended up happening was through all of these times of of trying to create this illusion to feel safe in the world it all just, I mean, you might call it like a dark night of the soul you probably heard, or mm -hmm. like, you know, just this, this absolute crumbling of everything that I had built from fear. Now, again, if you were an outsider looking in, you would say that everything I had was what people would want, you know, like every, like, I don't understand how could, how, how does that happen? It's because it has nothing to do with the external world because the external world is a projection of your inner world. So my inner world was chaos and to calm that chaos, and not go beyond the chaos to get to the fear that was underneath it i created a world and just kept moving everything around and it all fell apart and it led me to like a really really not great uh day or moment and you know i know a lot of people have have come to like the depths of what they believe their low state is and and we've all had it in our, you know our own subjective ways and i don't believe there is like a an, even a level i think it's whatever the human needs is what the human gets to get whatever wake-up call is waiting for them and so out of all of these which i didn't understand at the time were uh unwanted synchronicities i had this moment where i'm like all right do i want to do this do is this something that i want to do i don't i, I don't want to go another round i don't want to like try to get another house or try to get another you know uh relationship that's going to make me feel good for a little while like try you know give someone else responsibility to make me feel good and then that's impossible so then that goes away like i don't want to do this again and i just had this moment where it, i think what happens is when you let go finally let go in one fell swoop of everything having power over you like when you're just like, it's not going to do it. And you, you either have, you have a very important choice in that moment. And, and I was fortunate that my, my choice that I made was I felt such pressure relieved from that, from like, like, oh, it isn't anything. Like I gave such responsibility to things in the beginning to make me happy or make me feel a certain way or, or validate me. And then none of it can, and none of it did. And then once I finally accepted it and my mind was like, all right, you're good. It was almost like, that's why when I say everything's by design, because I can't, I, we'd be here all day just to explain all of the things that I was unhappy with. But so to go from that and to have this place where finally, like there was the most calming, gentle, unbelievable voice that I had never heard before in my awareness that was like, are you ready? Are you ready now? Are you done? Are you done? And I was like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. And then I was so interested in what that was what that was that i had just been on a journey since to to connect with it and then that's where you know you start reading i'm definitely an autodidact i'm sure you are just reading and consuming information you know i've been on a, a couple very expansive uh i've had a couple very expansive meditation you know experiences that i've done i've done several different plant medicines that have reached we can, i can't even no one could so i can't i'm not going to attempt to say that i can but there is a different connection to a different expansive uh, frequency of consciousness 
where everything seems to make sense. And although, you know, I don't necessarily believe or think that you need to do something specific in the world to reach that, you know, I don't think you need to necessarily, you know, do DMT or have an ayahuasca ceremony in Costa Rica. I don't think you necessarily need that. So my goal is to try to get to that place um, and help other people see by raising the frequency of, of their own consciousness, however they are ready to, to make sense of their old story so that they can do something similar, which is begin the journey inside to connect with the source of this thing for them, because I believe we all have it. So when you can finally accept, like you said, like everything happens for a reason and, and not care what your mind throws at you, like, well, what about this? Well, what about this? What about this? When you can just be like, I don't know why that happens myself. Like I, I could never as a hu human with, with, with the access that I have, but I've been to places and I understand thoroughly that at those places, somehow it's part of it. And that's all I need to know. Uh, you know, what, what do they say? All, all I know is I know nothing. I'm a firm believer of that. I don't, I know nothing, but I know what I know for myself and it works for me. And it seems that there are similarities between every other human. Because again, the next part of this that makes sense for me is I believe we are all one. We're all one thing. And again, down here in the world of labels and, you know, systems and separation, that's the ignorance of, of the illusion. And it's by design. So once you have enough contrast of believing things are separate from you, eventually you will also, that will also entropy. And eventually if we keep doing what we're doing and trying to connect to this for ourselves in whatever way is right for us, then we'll reach frequencies of consciousness where that separation begins to break apart. And that the, your life is, I don't want to say it's easier because that's maybe the wrong label, but it seems to make more sense. And there seems to be a goal that isn't derived by a result in the world, but knowing that you'll get a certain result in the world by focusing on your inner world. And then you can shift into the synchronistic events that most people talk about in spiritual or new conscious age culture, which is things lining up and, and numbers and all the, it's happening all the time. It's happening all the time. When you wake up to, to the idea that you can deliberately do this, you can deliberately do this. You can deliberately observe your thoughts and that story that was shouting at you that you are this or you are that, or this isn't going to work. You can observe it and make that just as neutral as a pink elephant in your mind. And when you could do that, it kind of like the bully in the playground, like when you stand up to it, it goes away. And it's almost like that negative voice, we'll say perceived negative voice. It's almost like once you kind of shine the light, what is the apocalypse in Greek lifting the veil, like shining the light of your consciousness on that shadow dark self that's been bullying you. Once you do it, it's almost like it like bows and, and, and leaves. What, what is it at the end of the play? Uh, you have the hero and the villain, right? And they both bow and you stand up and clap for both of them because the story doesn't make sense without the villain. You, so like, it's almost like once you show, like you're like, I'm onto you and I don't think I'm going to give you the power anymore to decide how I feel today. Then it's almost like, it, it's like, good job, good job. And then bows and then goes. And it's always a continuous process, but you can then in that moment decide like, I'm going to test this. I want to see, like, here's what I don't like in the world. And I've been talking about that for years and years and years and years. And I see everything because I give my attention to it. And that's where my conscious attention is focused. And then that's what my reality shows me. So now I'm going to test this. And despite of all that momentum, all that negative energy, all that flow, I'm going to decide that today I'm aware of it. I'm not ignoring it. I'm not pushing it down. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. I'm not being you know, ignorant to it. But today I want to see something different. I want to see 
this and write down the contrast of all those things that you see. I want to see uh, people smile. I want to see somebody hold the door open for me. I want to know that I'm worth it Like, and start identifying what it is that you want to see and believe it's possible. And your brain is designed to bring those things to your attention. So it, it really, all of these things, they're rooted in, you know, what you could call like coaching or, you know, uh, psychology or this, but they're universally grounded in the energetic, expansive reach of consciousness that we're all just a part of. So it's not, it's not just like, well, if I do these things in the world, I'll get a result. Like, no, it's like, if you do these things in your world, you're going to get a result. It's the, the, the matrix, the grid, it's designed that way. And the most powerful thing for me was realizing that it works either way. That's where I get behind it. So people are like, I don't get behind it or that's BS or that's this. I realized that it worked when I didn't think it was working. It just worked the way I didn't want it to work. You know what I'm saying? Like I was getting the, it works the same way. I was just choosing really not great things to focus on and I was getting every one of them. So it, it works, it works, period. It's just what we decide. So all you have to do is, do you believe that you can decide? That's what they say, right? We're manifesting constantly. So why not just manifest something that you want, right? And then, of course, the first step of that is awareness. So to a few things that you said, it's interesting, too, when we when we were back talking about the down days or the, the challenging moments is how I'd prefer to put them, because that can be overcome in, in a thought, right? Yeah. Uh, hopefully. And so uh, when whenever we talk about the human experience, I've heard the idea recently that it's not that your ascension process is either an up or down or even a roller coaster or some sort of linear type of a thing. It's a cyclical type of an action. And you've heard of this probably. Yeah, uh, before- I have so many episodes on loops. It's unreal. Like this is just a big, right. It's a big loop. Yeah, exactly. And so it's like, you know, your great times and your high times prepare you mentally uh, to want to stay there to battle the low times. Your low times remind you that that top time is needs to be, you've got to be more grateful for it, right? And so, uh, yes, and and I'll definitely, again, link your show, no- uh, in the show notes down here, exactly how to find you and your show and everything. Because guys, I'm telling you, if, if you like this show at all, this dude has helped me tons and continues to do so. And so I'm grateful for our connection for sure. Uh, to another thing that you said about that and and you're right. I don't recommend psychedelics or plant medicines to everybody, but I will say it it is kind of like the way that I view it is okay, if you've got such a challenging day-to-day that's been created for you because that's your story, right? Uh your story this all existed before you got here. You had really nothing to do with the way things operate. But how but it's so heavy right the weight of it is so heavy you almost need a good cheat code as i heard kelly hanner on my show put it um she wrote a book called safe travels about psychedelics she's fantastic you guys would get along great i will uh it's called safe travels by kelly hanner h-a-n-n-e-r and i'm gonna i'll get you two connected because she would she would love you um and so she is absolutely wonderful she has talked about her dmt experience as well and the the way that you put it when you when you struggle and you fumble now you're incredibly articulate far more articulate than i am and you're very precise with your wording and you don't stumble very much but it's funny because when you the one time i have heard you do it is when you attempted to describe your dmt experience she did the exact same thing because she's the same way but that's what's so wonderful and powerful about those experiences right is because you can't the human language doesn't do the experience justice and so it's challenging to even articulate even a fraction of it right and even with some mushroom experiences that i've had whoo you know uh you can't you can't really put it into words and i love that 
there's a, there's a dual picture and one of it's like a horse carved into this um, staircase and it's all gorgeous and elegant. And it says like what my trip was like. And then it's a, like a My Little Pony duct taped <laughs> to the side of the stairs. And it says how I describe my trip, you know? And because it's like that, it's so juxtaposed to the actual experience that you can't really explain it. Now, um, to... To the point of uh, synchronicities and negative synchronicities. Now, whenever you are creating your reality, you do find that you do create what you want. Now, there's a book called The War of Art. Have you ever heard of it by uh, Stephen Pressfield? There's another one, Pat Mahan. Write it down. We're going to have several here. And I've got another guy, uh, Mel Schwartz, I want you to get with. Now, um, The uh, War of Art is uh, by Stephen Pressfield. He's actually a fiction writer, but he wrote this book about um, how, what it's like to create your world or to make the decision to go into the creative arts, uh, anything, entrepreneur, an artist, a musician, a podcaster, anything. And it's about a two-hour listen on Audible. It's fascinating. It's basically like a podcast, but it yeah. is wonderful. So in there, he talks about a concept called resistance. And what I love about this is that he takes all of the things in your world, your unsupportive family, uh, the challenges that you come across that are perceived obstacles in your way, um, all of these things, he puts it into one category and he calls it resistance. So basically you have a common enemy uh, and he, he talks about it. That's why it's called the war of art. It's an enemy that you battle. And it's, it's more fun to put it in that perspective because it's, it's empowering. And, it, and it, like I said, it wraps it all up. And whenever I, because li I listened to it, I didn't read it. Um, so whenever I got a hold of that thing, it was actually recommended to me by a good friend and I digested it and it was incredible, man. And now I'm able to see all of these things as the resistance and they are just resistance to you. Now, the interesting part and the more freeing part is the harder things get, the closer you are to achieving exactly what you're wanting. The resistance is going to go all in and it's a dirty player, man. And it will go all in to try and prove to you that you're not worth it and that you shouldn't be doing this and to stifle your confidence. But the thing is, is go to Like Attracts Like Podcast whenever you feel like that and go ahead and just roll a couple of episodes, man, because every damn one of them is so empowering. And they all, you, you have some great series and some masterclasses that you do with Gina as well that are fascinating, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we do. I mean, the podcast uh, started as the podcast, you know, like just taking these ideas and kind of shifting and growing and, and telling the story and, and trying to just offer whatever I was kind of having happen to me and then offer any perspective shifts that I had and how I had them. And then it's turned into, you know, a full on, uh, you know, mentorship coaching platform with digital courses. So like it, it's, it's really just any way that, that we can offer whatever our perspective is on, you know, with no need for like to go get people or to, you know, find people or market. Like it's difficult when you're in this, as you know, like how do you get people to find you when you just want them to find you and you're not trying to market and do all these things. So that's where trust comes in. And that's where a lot of you know, the, it's basically almost like very meta, right? Like we have to use these exact same laws and, and energetic experiences of consciousness to do our own thing in the world. And it's so funny because even though like, you know, we may be offering, I always like say like, we're not teaching, I'm not teaching anything. Like people are like, oh, you teach us. Like we're not teaching anything. Like you are remembering, like you're, there's very little that I say that people are like, oh my God, I can't believe. like, they're like, that's right. That's right. You know what I mean? So it could, it could give the perception that like people are teaching things, but we already have all this knowledge and connection. It's just how unconscious are you to it? And so, um, yeah, that's, that was, the, that was the whole gist of it. That was the whole point to, to piggyback off of the resistance aspect of it. And this is just something that really, it, it helped me tremendously. And then it's also, I, I believe I've gotten good feedback on how it has been able to help other people shift 
when they're going through the worst of it, you know, when you are in that place. Um, and the, the quick things that I would just suggest or offer is that if you can do your best to be aware, and again, it's all awareness, right? So when you're going through a really bad place and you're unaware of these things that we're talking about or your connection or these certain shifts that you can do or create, um, then you're just in it and you're connected to it. You're attached to it. You listen to the voice, you believe the voice, and there is no separation from what it says and you just suffer. Now, what happens when you feel that way, when you feel connected to that suffering as a human, we try to get away from it. So that suffering and that pain and that resistance and that, that, that fear and disconnect, it's trying to tell you something. It's trying to show you through this suffering, we call it suffering. It's trying to show you that there's room for growth and the direction that we're looking to grow is up in, in expand, this expanded consciousness, right? So it's, it's essentially getting, it's trying to get you stronger in your connection. But if you believe you are it, then you'll run from it, which is resisting the growth also. So, so it's generated by fear. So when we feel that fear and that low shame worth, you know, anxiety, then we're like, I don't like this. And we start fidgeting and we start doing this and we start distracting. And then eventually it can lead you all the way to the craziest addictions that there are. You know what I mean? Like I went through a 10 year period, like addicted to the, you know what I mean? Like to painkillers because I broke my leg. And I said, I would never be, you know, on that, never, never had that happen to me, but it was all trying to run from this thing that was surging inside of me from the beginning. It was like a teapot. So the first part that I would offer is that the louder the voices in your head that scream that, you know, it's not going to be okay, or you're not worth it. The louder that resistance gets. The one thing you said that was absolutely magnificent was sit with it, sit with it. I don't care if you, I don't care what you do but sit with that and let it say what it needs to say. Let it purge how it needs to purge. I don't care if you're viscerally, violently shaking and withdrawing from whatever it's saying, because the reason it's still there is because you keep running from it, which continues to give the illusion that you believe it, which means that it gets power and it's going to chase you. So the more you try to run from that feeling, the more powerful it's going to get, the more powerful it's going to get. And you know, um, I believe that we are manifesting the reality that based off how we feel. So your reality is eventually going to mirror that which you're holding inside. It's going to create a scenario in the world that you can't run from. Like it created scenarios in my world that I couldn't run from anymore. I'm like, oh, I got to deal with this. There's not, I have to deal with this. But for the longest time, for years, I was just distracting and putting away. So if you can sit with it for long enough, then the longer you sit with it, the less energy it will have. The louder it speaks, that means the more terrified it is. Yes. So the worst, yes. I know this is, trust me, I know this is, I still get in this and I'm like, I almost don't believe it some days because I'm so in it, but I still know it's true that the louder it's screaming at you, the more things are like, what is going on? It really does mean if you can ride this out, that this energy has to, it doesn't have your attention anymore. And it knows it because you've been doing, it's usually people are like, Pat, I'm, I'm doing, you know, this, I listened to this that you said, and we're working on this and I've been doing it for three weeks and everything has been amazing. I'm like, that's good. And then there's something I call the final boss. Mm -hmm. I have an episode called the final boss. And it's usually what it gets people because the final boss of this energy that is trying to get dissipated that you're trying to let go of is trying to keep you in it because if you don't give it your attention, it dies. 
where like an ego death comes from the ego identification of this thing that had power over you. So like you're do you're waking up, you're meditating, you're listening to this, you're, you know, listening to your show, you're getting ideas. You're seeing that there's so much more out there. Things are working. You're eating more healthily. And you're like, this is amazing. And then all of a sudden, like one day you wake up and you're like, I feel off. And then that day is ridiculous. That is you. People are like, I don't understand. I don't understand. If you can ride out that day or those days with the same faith that was used to create it. And I mean, it took faith to create a day that bad that tries to get your attention to get you back into that shit. So like, if you can ride that out and really just have trust and faith that like, okay, this is, this is, this is not as great as I would have liked, but it's just a last energetic surge to try to get your attention, to pull you back down into the loop. So now imagine like, you know, the, the spiral, you know, the, the expansive, uh, you know, Fibonacci spiral, imagine like when that happens, you are moments away from popping out of that reality into the one where that shit doesn't affect you anymore. And if you can make choices through that, you, you will. And it, it's a continuous process of this spiral. This line, it's like a spiral and a loop at the same time. And if you can just ride that out, then it will, the next time you have a bad day, it can really get you to be like, okay, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. All right, let's go. Let's do this. Instead of being terrified by it and running from it again. And that's where you'll, you'll pop out. Fascinating and absolutely accurate. Uh, now, I've got a couple of tricks for some folks, and I'm sure that you do too. Uh, there are times like that whenever you... So one of my tricks, of course, is like attracts like podcast. And uh, guys, I'm saying this not because he's here. Uh, I'm saying this because it has worked for me. These are personal things that work for me, and your show is one of them. Uh, the other one is, of course, gratitude. And you can do this by reminding yourself by a gratitude rock, a bracelet, uh, anything like that that visually you see and you think of five things you're grateful for, it just resets. It's wonderful. Even little tricks. I've heard little uh, manifestation hacks. You repeat, um, I'm asserting the mastery of my true self. You have some wonderful affirmations that I have uh, saved so that I can memorize and then repeat. I also, um, another one that I've been playing with lately is because, so I'm currently in the, I'm currently walking between two worlds right now. Okay. I'm creating, and I think we all are, right? I'm creating the next life that I am choosing and am resonating with. And then this other one that doesn't resonate with me anymore, that it has just open my eyes to, okay, got to get away from that. And so I'm choosing something better. And I'm in this wingman motto mode, right? Uh, so the wingman's motto were the, the people who used to walk on the wings and buy planes and stuff. They did stunts like what, in the early days, the thirties and stuff. Um, well, their motto is never let go of something until you have a hold of something else. Now that's juxtaposed. There's, there's some, there's a balance point in there to where maybe it's just at a reach. So you do need to let go and have a little bit of faith and grab, or it's a very simple, like, okay, don't want that anymore. Let go. And, and these are just a metaphor, of course. But um, one of the things that I've done is because the other world I um, need to experience right now for a little bit ev- uh, for five days a week. And we know what I'm talking about here. Now, the other, the other thing, it gives me so much joy, which is what we're doing here. And this is the vibe that I resonate with. Now, I've got a few songs that I love that whenever I'm out in that other world and am away from this, uh, that I can resonate with and it brings me back into that frequency. And it's just music will do it, right? And, and it can be anything. I think mine, uh, and they change, right? So I'll then rediscover a good song, like In the Meantime by Space Hog. When's the last time you listened to that song? I don't know. You're a '90s kid, man. You know, or '80s kid that grew up yeah. in the '90s. But I'm a you, DJ. And see, my there life, you go. My life before this, I still do. I, I own a DJ company. I DJ like a hundred events a year. We have, we have, we're just a string of synchronicities. I was a touring musician for 12 years, so there you go. I know. Here. We just have all this stuff, and so that's one of them. Also, what's golden by Jurassic Five? These are just songs that I'll listen to, and I'm just like, okay, and it shifts me back into that frame of mind, and it, right. it's a way that I've been able to kind of hack 
being balls deep or immersed in the thing that I don't want anymore, and then been able to remind myself of what I'm working for and what I'm doing. And yeah. so uh, it's interesting. And then the no zero days is a big thing too. You work on whatever your goal is every single day for whatever amount of time that you can. Don't take any days off from it. No matter how much time that you can dedicate to it, it's, it's important. So um, I wanted to ask you about uh, your manifestation tricks or your, your helps to get people, now that we're on this mode, to get people out of that, out of that mode to, now that we know how to recognize it, what's our next step? Well, once there's a funny thing that happens when um, when someone would would come to me, or I would imagine anyone, and speak about manifestation or the manifesting process. And the interesting thing is that before you can go forward to create the thing that someone is coming to you and saying that they want to experience, we have to very uh, passionately identify who's asking for it, and be- because if I, in my previous frames of life, came to me now and said, Pat, I need this. I want this to happen. I want that job or I need this person. Um, I, I just, this is what I need. Can you, can you help me? The answer would be 100% yes. Like it's not that like we can facilitate this through your own connection and get you to experience, if not the exact thing you want, the essence of what you want. If I were to have gotten those things back then, it would have been just another perpetual loop of insanity of trying to fulfill this egoic need to be better than I am now because I think that it exists out there. So Mm -hmm. the first thing that has to happen is it's not just the identification of what you want, but who's asking for it. What part of your um, identity believes that it would feel differently in the having of that thing? So if you use the same rules, if you will, or the same laws of, you know, what like attracts like would be. And like attracts like is just, it's one of the seven hermetic principles. You know, it's what there's, there's seven very powerful, energetic, non-physical laws that they say that I firmly get behind about how this works. So using the term coming back with the resistance, you know, you compare resistance and you compare allowing, and then you compare awareness, and then you compare a choice or can combine all of these things. So there's resistance, there's allowing, there's awareness, and there's a choice. So all of these things have to kind of work together and commingle to get a person closer to that which they are asking for. So if you are asking for something from an egoic sense or state of mind, right? Like you're going from this um, awareness and you want a job, you don't really like what it's going to be. You don't really like what you're going to do, but the money is going to provide you what you think you need in the moment, which is security or peace of mind or something like that. If you think that as you expand, pulling this job that would represent lower vibrational energy to you to get the idea of what money is, because your heart does not understand what money is. Your vibrational frequency doesn't understand what money is. Uh, That's all made up by humans and labels just to describe an energetic system of exchange. So if people are wanting to manifest money, the answer, if, if we know that it's not something out there that completes us in here, and that to chase after something, putting it on a pedestal, giving it power will continue to keep it repelling from us. Then the answer is, what can I do inside to cultivate that feeling that I believe this thing I'm putting on a pedestal will give me? And then the job, if you will, of the human is to get yourself to the frequency of that which you believe you want, and then it will come to you. But if you are giving it power, whatever it is, doesn't matter what it is, if it's money, if it's a specific person, if it's a new place to live, 
if you're giving it power or importance, it's running from you. It doesn't want to come to you if it, if it has a job. If you're giving it a job, if you're giving a per, if you don't feel good and you're like, this person will make me feel amazing. When if that person were to come in, you're giving that person a job and responsibility to make you feel a certain way, which means that a the volatility of the relationship is going to explode because we we all have to be full with ourselves to be able to actually truly love anyone prop, properly with love and not fear anyway. So whatever it is that they are asking, we identify who is asking for it. So that way we can determine very quickly if it's the way we want to go. Um, and then the next part is to get them to identify what it is. So if it's a, you know, a different experience, if it's a big you know, job, whatever, you're, this, this thing taking off for you and, and doing everything that it's already doing, you have this idea in mind, then you want to live as best you can in the emotion of that already fulfilled. And this is where like you get into like a little bit more of the Neville Goddard kind of stuff, like the reality transurfing kind of idea of imagining and connecting to that, what you're asking for. Um, but if you were to ask most people what they wanted to be happy, 90% of them couldn't tell you outside of the money or the relationship or, you know, a better job. Like they don't know what it is. So the first part of the process is to script out exactly the idea of what you want and create a frame of what that is. After you identify who's asking, right? So now we have identified that it's an, it's an aligned state. You want this from a place of alignment. I love this. I can't wait to do it. This is going to be amazing. This is what I want. This is what I want. This is what I want. I never felt more free and easy and connected than when I do this thing. Got it. Perfect. So now we know that it's not some egoic BS that we have to try to get you through to let go of, to get you to the essence of what you really want. I want this thing. Got it. Boom. How does it make you feel? You can't talk or speak for long enough about how this thing you want makes you feel. Don't ever stop. If you can sit and just like, like you were saying, like no days off, I agree with that 100%. But also the idea of what a working day is sometimes seems to be flipped because some of the most powerful days I ever had was just sitting in my house and just kind of like breathing and, and writing out and asking for ideas and, and, and diving into the frame that I created about what I want to live and experience diving into the emo. How does it make you feel? Like most people are like, good. I feel good. I feel happy. Like, no, 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 no. Uh, you know what I mean? Like I'm free. I'm expressive. I'm expansive. I can do anything. This makes me feel empowered. This is, it's all connection from here down. I'm doing what I love. I believe I'm inspiring other people to do the same thing. Like feel and every single word. And while you're doing that now, imagine the I say future, but that's not real. But the, the the potential frame of your reality that you want to shift to, because it all everything exists, right? Everything exists now in potential, and all you have is now, and you are the result of multiple choices and 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 manifestations from the day you were consciously conceived here till now. So when you were whatever twenty. The version you are sitting here right now existed in potential and you made choices that led up to it. Some of them unconscious, some of them conscious, it doesn't matter. When you were 20, right now you existed and here you are. So now when you are X amount of years in future uh, you know, um, potential, that exists also just like you did from 20. So now your only job is to imagine what that version of you does. 
and what it looks like and who's there and what they say to you and how it feels when they say it and how many people are you speaking to and what what is your you know family like how many friends do you have where do you go what do you do what like what does that frame of your reality look like in that potential moment and you lock that in your mind's eye that that is the one you choose it's the one i prefer it's the one i choose it's the one i know in my heart to this moment anyway without further information coming in that i believe it best expresses my purpose here that's what i choose and you write it down you keep that frame you imagine it all the time and you accept nothing less in your mind than that result you accept nothing less now from this moment to that future moment whenever that is could be tomorrow could be tomorrow could be now but whatever that is do your best to trust and know that it's done that's where the faith comes in that's where the choices that you make that result from loving yourself and having enough faith in this process to know that it's done but also know that the version of you in that frame does different things than the version of you now it's not a judgment it's just that version does different things it makes different choices it has different experiences it feels different ways about what's possible for it because it's done it already so you can ask for i'm gonna connect this really cool in my you ever hear shadow work yeah yeah okay all right i'm gonna connect this really cool all right <laughs> so now from this moment forward again all you have is now so all this is happening at the same time your shadow version still exists infinite potential also right that's the loud voice that's yelling and screaming at you for attention those are the infinite different frames of reality that are shouting at you that haven't been resolved yet so just like that's true when you're sitting here now and imagining this future version of you this higher version i call it a higher self or i don't call it that but that's what i like to call it from what other people have called it that exists and you can ask that version of you what is next because it already knows so you can ask that version of you of because all it is is you this the i am of you that is aware of different things but you're still that version it's just you, you haven't expanded there yet so you can ask that version of you what it has done how it does it and what do i need to do next to go there just know now this is the part where you're like it might it's not all sunshines and, and rainbows like you your human physical body is going to have to walk and take steps in the world that represent a lot of fear moments from your previous versions that you're going to have to reconcile and let go of in order to become the version of you that you're looking to manifest in your infinite future potential you're going to have to walk through the world and say no to things that you used to say yes to and you're going to have to say yes to things that you used to say no to because they would represent like reasons you would be scared to put yourself out there reasons you would be scared to take that step or no one cares about this right that has to go because that version you're trying to create does not think that way so so that level of thinking has to shift in order to bring whatever this higher version of you is going to ask of you to get to where it is and that requires faith and it requires trust and self-love and uh just a knowing that that is how how this works and what I love about this is you're tying in quantum physics to this as well. So everything, you know, and, and people out there who are thinking, well, this is woo-woo and all that and it's crap. Well, then you're right. Okay. But if it's not, then it's not. Okay. Uh, so, but, but the interesting part of how this correlates to quantum physics is, is you're, once you stare at, you know, the observer principle. So as you look at something, that's when it changes, right? The answer is 
Is Schrodinger's cat dead or alive? The answer is yes. Uh, right. So, and it's it's like you're collapsing the potential of the wave. So, in front of you guys, picture a vast ocean of, pot- of possibilities or potentialities. And then, what you're doing is your laser focusing on what you want that to unfold in front of you. It's kind of like as you're walking, uh, you know, and you'll see these like um, the people who do this really cool uh, digital graphic type of a thing where somebody is walking, but there's a void underneath them. And then the, the ground keeps meeting them or there's little yeah, stones yeah, yeah, that yeah. pop up. Optical illusion kind of thing. Ex- exactly. The tennis ball too. Yeah, there you go. And the shadow moves, but the ball's going the same, like something like that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and so that's how you can, that's a great visual representation of this. And I've never heard it put that way. Uh, and I absolutely love it because it is, it's your collapsing a waveform. You're saying, okay, out of all the things I could be right. Um, this is what I choose to be. So you're actually just taking the work out of the universe's ability to, or need to have to create something for you out of your choices because you were going to do that anyway. You might as well create the one that you want. And it works with you resonating with that. And I do stuff, you could say future self, man, I, because we live, we operate, even, even if under the illusion of a, a linear type of perspective, I say that all the time. I'll do something the night before and think, oh, my future self will thank me for that. You know what? My future self always thanks me for that. Yeah, sometimes all the time. Like, oh, yeah. like if, if you put gas in your car before you have to go the next day. Exactly. Like, oh, my previous self is hooking my future <laughs> yeah. self up. You know, like, like, way to go kinda, past self. Yeah. But, we, but it's fun. It's like a relationship, right? Now it's, now it's not that you're battling against either your past or your future self because you understand that you are all of these things existing at the same time. You just need to slow it down to this vibration to be able to enjoy all the little steps along the way because it is just a ride. You know, it's a journey. It's a, it's an exciting thing that you are co-collectively creating. It's a participatory universe and you're the one doing it and it's beautiful. I got another book for you. Um, the particle principle, uh, the possibility principle by Mel Schwartz. I know that one. I know that oh, one. Oh, okay. I'm having him on here in a couple of weeks. He's wonderful. No kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really cool guy. I'm going to, um, I'll hook you guys up because he has a show too, the Possibility Podcast. You've got to get on there, man. You would be I'll, phenomenal on it. Put me wherever you think. I'll, man. I'll, right. I'll set that up, man. He's, like I said, real cool guy. You guys will, will uh, get along great. So, um, so I, I absolutely love this. I, th- I think here in a, here in a minute, man, we're going to, we're going to wrap this because I want to save some more for the next time you come on the next time you come on, actually hermetic principles. I think that's a whole episode right there. I'd be great. Uh, all right, cool. Uh, so something I did notice though, in the background there is your Rubik's cube. Uh, you're, you're able to solve that thing there. Yes. Yep. And, um, yeah, that that's because great. <laughs> Cheers. Together, right. So <laughs> I, all- Yes, yes, it is. So um, the the cool thing about this is, is my dad uh, actually got this as kind of a joke. He was kind of uh, thinking like, oh, nobody will do this for us uh, for Christmas a couple years back. And so he got us all one, right? My three brothers, our wives, our girlfriends, and um, my mom and everything. And he got himself one as well. And he was like, okay, well, I got a challenge for y'all. This is your gift. You'll get 50 bucks, whoever can figure it out first. Okay. And so, and, but his definition was loosely defined. And then it was later defined after I did figure out how to do it, that uh, he wanted us to do it um, based off of our own intellect, our own knowledge of how to just figure this thing out. And that's how we were to win $50. Now, I didn't do that. What I did do, and I abandoned the idea of the $50 thing. I thought of this as a new skill or just something interesting that I would like to learn how to do, right? Like play poker. I don't know how to play poker. It's one of those things on my list, though, that I think would be kind of interesting, not for the reasons of society, just because I find it, I think it would be interesting to learn a new skill. And so I'm challenging myself in new ways like this all the time. So what I did was I looked up a video against the rules, and I didn't care about that. It wasn't about that right at this point. 
I said, okay, well, I want to learn how to do this thing for me. And so what I did was I, I didn't grab it because I didn't know we were going to talk about Rubik's Cube. I just saw it when your, when your screen pulled up. Uh, but I, I had a booklet and I color coded it. I wrote everything down. I wrote like LRH and I had all these moves yep. down and it's yep. seven moves. It's a 12 minute video that shows you how to do this. And I watched that thing easily a hundred and something times. And I sat there for weeks, man, and weeks. And I would get the first step down and then it'd be to a point in this learning process where I'd get all the way to like step five and then I would screw it up and you have to redo it and start all over. But yeah. I got, so the interesting part is, and how I like to relate this, and I'll, I want to talk about yours as well, but I just thought of this, so let's talk about it. Uh, sure. The interesting part about this is it is a seven-step process, and you can kind of come across things like in the hermetic order or in advice that you get in life and manifesting or in living a better life for you. You you have steps in which you can do them. Now, how I re- how re- relate this to this would be you get really, really good at the first few steps, and then you get to one that's a little more challenging or one you're not as practiced at in the process and it yeah, screws yeah. up or seemingly goes awry and then you have to start over. But the interesting part is you're really, really good at those first few steps. And then steps one two, through three became a breeze. And then step one through four became a breeze. And then step one through five. And you're always better at one. So therefore, you're able to achieve those quicker. You're able to get through that crap quicker. And this relates back to what I was talking about, about having a rough day, man. It's I had the tools in my toolbox. I was able to, number one, recognize it because I've been through that step many, many times. Number two, I was able to notice that a shift in my frequency would be what would get me to that next step. But the recognition of it, very easy to do because I've been there. I've done step one a lot. Then you get to two. The awareness came because you went through it so many times. Exactly. And this is it though, right? And then after, eventually I got to all seven steps. I can solve this thing in under five minutes. I had to do it last Christmas in front of my family. They timed me and I got my $50. Dad uh, said, screw the rules. You actually did put in the work and you did learn how to do it. Now I've got two of these. I've got one here. So whenever I'm rendering video or something like that, I'll sit there and run through it. And it's a skill though that I that I kind of keep messing with. So tell me tell me about yours, man. How What got you to doing this? Because I don't know many people that can do a Rubik's Cube. I'm definitely going to tell you about mine, but this is even, just to, to bounce off what you just said about, and it's so important. And I love that there's seven, like I didn't even put that together, like se- however many moves, but so you're saying like seven moves, right? So let's, Let's compare the seven moves to like your seven principles, your seven hermetic principles, let's say, right? And like you're saying, you know, the cube is messed up and then you get it and you're trying to get better and trying to get better and you get in these different levels and these different moves done. Here's the beautiful thing that I found about this. And I, dude, the same, the same exact idea. I thought about it one time and I compared this to also a person's conscious journey in every moment. And the one thing that's beautiful about it is once you get your seven steps for yourself, and you have your own link to them and you don't need to look in the world to the book anymore and you just know them, it doesn't matter what the arrangement of the cube is. With the one of it, dude, that's perfect. Anyone, (laughs) this is an infinite, you could go infinite possibilities of how this cube can be messed up and rearranged and changed and presents a different challenge and what do they call it? A problem. It's a problem cube, a challenge cube. It doesn't matter what the configuration out of an infinite number of configurations, someone could throw this to you and you know, the core seven moves that regard, you're not looking at the position in the external world. You're only relying on your moves, on your seven moves. And you will always be able to put it right with those seven moves, regardless of the infinite combination of challenges you're presented with. Dude, you're absolutely right. And I don't like, I don't like the word problem. I'm not correcting you. I'm, yeah, I, I call it, label, but that's what people I call, call it an opportunity in disguise cube. Okay. 
But I love that you and I, I think, just came up with a dope metaphor for Rubik's Cubes and how to apply it to your life. And you're absolutely right on the mix it up thing. Because when I would sit here on mushrooms every now and then, and I like to mess with this thing, and I would hand it to my wife, and she knows. I'll hand it to her. She just messes it up for me because I want her to mess it up because I do. I want to start. And now I'm asking her to challenge me to rearrange it in new ways. But yes, it's a, it's a brilliant observation you just made. Every time that you do it, you know the steps, no matter what the starting point, and you're able to reconfigure it. Brilliant well, but now imagine your moment is the same thing. It will never matter. It'll never matter. You'll always be, you, you might look at something like, Ooh, that one's a look, but it'll never matter. You'll always be able to get it no matter what's presented to you out of the infinite array of opportunity positions. Yeah. You'll always be able to, with those core non-physical understandings, you'll be able to navigate your moment and it doesn't matter. I love, all right. So here, the true, true story. Yeah. I was also interested in this, you know, years back, almost a, probably a decade ago, seven years ago, something like that. I was, I was like looking for a new skill. And I was like, I want, I had certain things in my life that I was like, I want to do these certain things. And it wasn't for the first time, it wasn't like this egoic thing or need to, to do it or to impress someone. These were like, like you were saying, like, just, I want to do it. I want to know that I want to do this. It was like the beginning of me beginning this relationship with myself, like, and not needing it to be this thing. And this was one of them, you know, I wanted to do um, certain things. So I was like, I'm going to figure this thing out. And I must have studied, I don't know how long and never got it. I mean, I was just looking at all of these things and I would get it. And then I would go back to it and I'd forget it. And then I had a similar thought. I was like, once I, I learned it in layers, I'm like, once I learn each layer and the algorithms for each layer, I'll always know that. Like I'll never not, once I memorize it, I'll always be able to solve the first layer of a Rubik's cube. I was like, that's a big deal. And then I was like, I'll always be able to solve the second layer of a Rubik's cube. Like that's crazy. And then like, I just kind of kept going and going, and going. I never got past like the second layer, but I studied the algorithms. Like you were saying the L R R two, whatever. I studied them forever. And what ended up happening, I let go of it for a really, really long time. And I had, I went on my first DMT trip a thousand years in, in five minutes of instant downloads and like this crazy remembering and all this stuff. And I came back and I was like, that you know, as you know, you can't say, you can't put it into words. And the next day or however long that week or something like that, I just had the inkling to pick this thing up and I solved it my first time. <laughs> so it was literally like whatever happened up there allowed me to remember the like year of studying that I did and I'll let go of all the frustration and all the need to do it. And yeah, I, just, I was like, I think I remember what to do there. Like, and I just did it and I've been able to ever since. So it's, that's, that's my story of how I re- remembered how to do a Rubik's Cube. That is so cool because, yeah, everything you learn, you're only remembering, right? As a Black Alicious song. Uh, uh, what was that? First in Flight. Black Alicious. Fantastic. I'm sure you're familiar. Okay. Uh, uh, we, we're just like the same person. I mean, you're better looking than me, but we're the same damn person. I man, and I, I don't know, it. man. I think you're a handsome dude. Uh, <laughs> huh. Well, thank you. Uh, yeah. Well, I tell you what, man, let's uh, let's cap it here because we do have so much more to talk about in the future. I cannot wait to do this again. Uh, you will definitely be a reoccurring soul tribe, and I, I appreciate that if you'll if you'll have me. Oh, my so, God. Um, okay, well, I wanted to end on one thing. So uh, let the folks know where they can find you. I will be linking any of this in the show notes, just in your own words. Yeah, you can find uh, the podcast at likeattractslikepodcast.com. Uh, you can find me on Like Tracks Like Evolution, and anywhere you listen to podcasts, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, you name it. Yep, YouTube. YouTube is kind of 
it takes a while, but it's growing there too. So we're doing videos on YouTube also. And they're great. And you're, you're awesome. So I, I, I wanted to let you know too, that you've inspired me for my Halloween costume this year. Uh, this is going to be ridiculous. Heads up. So I'm going to do Pac-Mahan. And what I am going to do is I'm going to dress like Pac-Man and just go around being inspirational AF all night. That's what I'm going to do. Please, please send me a <laughs> video clip of this. <laughs> I love it. (laughs) Awesome. Okay. Well, Pat, I can't thank you enough, man. This was wonderful. Let's do it again soon. Thanks for having me, and I can't wait to come back. Beyond grateful to the great and powerful Pat Mahan for spending some time with us on the show today. How cool is that Rubik's Cube thing, huh? That just happened organically. That's how. That's what happens when like attracts like, right? Speaking of that, his podcast will be linked in the show notes, guys. Go down there and check that out or anywhere podcasts are served. I'll have a couple of links down there for y'all to pick from. Uh, other than that, guys, for this show, you can find us at expandingrealitypodcast.com. Calm. That is where the links to all of the socials, your Facebooks, uh, YouTubes, Twitters, um, Instagrams, all that good stuff. YouTube as well. The video of this will be up there. So y'all just click on the link directly and you can find it. Uh, as well as our Patreon. If you find the show valuable and you'd like to contribute a little bit, uh, go ahead and shower it on in there. The link for that is going to be on expandingrealitypodcast.com as well as uh, in the show notes below here as well. And the website's linked there also. So uh, big thanks again to Pat. Uh, He's a huge inspiration. Like I said, he will continue to inspire me to be better and to give me some uh, life hacks and cheat codes on how I can pull my uh, self out of the funk there every now and then when that occurs. And I'm always grateful to that. He's a wonderful resource in the universe for us to be able to uh, utilize. So thanks again, Pat, beyond grateful. And we will have him back on guys. So this week, ladies and gentlemen, you know what I'm going to say, go ahead and pick up a piece of litter. If you see it, I uh, go ahead and uh, smile at a stranger. Like you, like Pat said, man, just a smile uh, that makes somebody's day more than, you know, it really does hold the door open for somebody Buy a meal for a stranger. Um, go ahead and get out of that left-hand lane while we're at it. You know, if you're on this train of doing amazing stuff, get out of the left-hand lane. It's a pain in the ass. Uh, other than that, guys, you guys just embark on your journey. Uh, go out into the universe and just be good to one another. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll see you next time. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.